Good morning. Welcome back to the exclusive podcast for the Resiliency Revolution. Today, we are going to talk about trauma in a way that um, makes it a little bit more understandable. Um, Maybe you need this for yourself as a reminder. Maybe you are someone who um, doesn't necessarily have a lot of trauma and needs a little bit more understanding and awareness in trauma. So the title of this podcast is Exit Signs and Trauma. So I'm driving on the freeway yesterday, right? And um, as I pass certain exit signs, it's like a whole nother part of my life comes back. I'm not getting off at that exit. I'm not still in that life. But just passing that exit sign brings back all those memories, right? So we have to give ourselves the same grace when it comes to trauma, right? When we get in this mindset of, well, it's been a few years or it's been a few decades or, but I've done the work or or I've gone to therapy or I've done all these things, I should be past this. My question to you is, when you pass that freeway exit ramp, do you forget everything that happened there? So for me specifically, mine is the Newcastle exit ramp that is in Auburn, California. And every single time that I pass it, there is this whole other life of Heather that comes back. So many different memories, different relationships, different enters and exits of relationships, different struggles, different moments with different people. It was a chunk of time in my life where I actually waitressed. As I was going through med school, I waitressed at the Denny's that was up on that hill. And I was in a relationship and then I was out of that relationship and then I was in another relationship. And, you know, just even thinking about coworkers and, you know, how grateful that I was that I made tip money because then I always had diaper money. Um, You know, but I was living probably about 35 minutes away from that job at the time. So I had to commute. Now, every time I pass that exit sign, there is that recognition of that life past, recognition of how far I've come, but also those memories come back of like, oh girl, you went through some highs and some lows in that, in that space. There was deep love there, and there was a deep pain there. And so when we are considering trauma, and when we are considering mindful movement in trauma, we have to understand that sometimes just the things that we put our body through on the normal day-to-day are going to be our exit signs, right? You could also consider it a song if you're like, girl, I don't drive. I'm, I work from home. 
I'm, I'm not a driver. I can't relate to this. Then a song, right? A song comes on and you remember the prom, the moment, the boy, the girl. Um, <clears throat> you remember the experience. You remember the vacation, right? You remember it. But we never get mad at ourselves for remembering like, oh yeah, this was part of my life. <clears throat> Sorry, Rev. Morning voice, you know how we do. We won't edit that out. This is real life. Um, we never get mad at ourselves for passing an exit sign or hearing a song and having those memories flood in. We actually consider it a like nostalgic thing right? Even if it's memories that maybe aren't so great, it's this nostalgic thing to recall where you have been and where you are now. Yet there's still such a stigma and uh, perhaps even shame around trauma, abuse, that it's like we we just want to be like, oh, I should be past it. No, oh, I should put it back in the closet. Oh, it should be over there. Right? We expect that one day we get to a destination where it's outside of ourselves, where it's no longer a part of us. And that day, you guys have heard me say for a long time, it's not destination healing. We do the work so that we recover quickly. Or we recover quicker, I should say. Language swap. But to get to this place where we think that one day we're going to wake up. And all of a sudden, our trauma is just going to be a thing that's like over there. And we dealt with it and it's in a box and it's in a pretty thing. And it's over there. It is unrealistic thinking, and I say this with all the compassion in my heart, because what that does is it sets you up to think that somehow you're healing wrong. If you recall your trauma or if things trigger, air quotes podcast, uh, trigger your trauma. Everyone knows I hate this word trigger. Um, you are not triggered. It still affects you. And you know why it affects you? Because you've been building neural pathways for years or multiple decades. And so that exit sign is there. And when you drive past it, metaphorically, of course, it's going to hit on it. So if you're out in the grocery store and, you know, you hear someone yelling at their kid and it, oh, it just like gets your goat, right? Don't go back home and think like, clearly I haven't done my work because that shouldn't bother you. It should bother you. It would, it would bother a, a, air quotes again, a regular person who had not been through a trauma that incited that response, right? My kids 
oftentimes will accidentally slam a door. And I do mean accidentally because we have a window open. Everyone's experienced this. You have a window open somewhere in the house and somebody opens a door and that draft slams it shut. Ooh, I am decades removed from living in a house with alcoholic parents. Yet that door slam, it spikes my heart rate. It puts me in fight, flight, freeze, or appease. It sends me into just a like chemical spin. And it takes me a few hours to come down from it. Um, as you'll hear on the podcast and maybe here in the Rev group, Titan is snoring away um, over there. His little head's on a pillow. So we have Titan with us today. He is typically part of this podcast. Um, so I just want to come in and have that moment. I don't know if you guys just heard that somebody just opened and closed the door and it just happened. Um, and my bedroom doors rattled. Um, we have to give ourselves grace that the normal day to day activities that we are going to navigate in life are going to ping receptors. It doesn't mean you're not doing your work. It doesn't mean that you aren't trying hard enough. It means that it is still affecting you. And it will likely impact you for your life because recalling these moments and having those exit sign recollections It helps us to have more discernment. It helps us to navigate the world in safer experiences, which is what we need to rebuild trust out in the world. Imagine this just for a second for everyone who's like, I can't believe I'm not over this yet. Imagine for me, if you will, you feel free to close your eyes and drift off if you're in a safe space. Let's say you woke up tomorrow and you forgot every awful thing that had ever happened to you. You forgot the bad relationships or the bad parenting. You forgot the addiction, the abuse. How are you going to navigate the world? There's going to be some great ways you're going to navigate the world, right? might go out with a little bit more um, trust. But also, if you spent 30 years knowing how to identify and put boundaries against abusive people and you woke up tomorrow and you lost it, what kind of pattern do you think you're going to recreate? Where do you think that's going to put you? We have experiences so that we can build this directory of how we navigate the world. What is safe? What isn't safe for us? Right? And we go and we do our work and we we do therapy. We do coaching. We do counseling. We do um, 
alternative medicine. We do Western medicine. We do any of it that feels right for us because we want to build a safe space in this world where we can walk outside and we trust ourselves to be hit with these things and go, okay, this makes me uncomfortable, but I know how to deal with it, right? I've been here before. I know how this works. And so I know that I'm going to take X, Y, and Z steps to make sure that I don't get wrapped up in this again. But yet somehow when it comes to trauma, personal development, things like that, we get in this space where we think we should wake up one day and just forget. We think that we should wake up one day and be in this space of like, everything's great. And like, I'm just navigating this world and nothing's going to slow me down. We need those experiences. Let me rephrase. <laughs> because I am anti um don't be sad for the life you had because it built you because I guarantee you that we could have all become beautiful, happy, compassionate, empathetic human beings without some of the trauma that we've all experienced. So I'm I'm anti that statement. So let me rephrase as I felt like that um, definitely touched that statement. The experiences that we've had have taught us how to discern how we walk through life. Now, at the very beginning of those experiences, we may have put up walls against everything, right? And the work is so that we take down the walls, we take down the grudges, and instead we replace those with healthy barriers. No, healthy boundaries. <laughs> healthy boundaries. You know what, guys? When Titan sits in here and snores, it messes with my brain so badly. And I always am like, oh, I should kick him out. Um, but then I just can't. And so he's here and he's snoring. And I got to tell you, it disrupts my, um, my bubble thinking that it has to be perfect, right? It disrupts, um, it comes in and it pings at that, like, uh oh, you have a dog in this room and it's snoring. That's unprofessional. So I have to quiet that itty bitty shitty committee, right? Tap into last month's work. Okay, so leading into mindful movement with this discussion today, kind of like we talked about yesterday, there are going to be things and triggers within exercise within movement, within nutrition, that if you are not aware of that, then you're putting yourself right back in that same spot, right? If, you know, you're walking in thinking, well, this is the only way that I can lose weight if you are focused on weight, or this is the only way I can get my blood pressure down, or this is the only way I can um, get my good cholesterol up right, is to do these sorts of things, but you're going into environments that are setting off really bad exit signs, then we're doing a disservice to ourselves, okay? 
So we have to find the things that work for us. We need to find the people in our lives. And this is a Bev Boss quote. If you do not know Bev Boss, um, the late Bev Boss now, uh, world-renowned child educator. My daughter was lucky enough to go to her school that she happens to have here in Roseville, California. Um, How we got so lucky, I do not know. Um, Bev was pro-people and specifically pro-child. She believed in the child's right. She believed that if it hadn't been in the hand and the heart, it couldn't be in the mind. And she always had this saying, which was funny because it was geared towards children. But as I heard it, I was like, oh, that's for everyone. And she said, we are not to have power and control over children. We are to have power with and for children. So it was a co-op preschool and, and we were really hands-off. There were a ton of us there, co-op, right? Lots of parents to, to kid ratio. I think it was a one to three, but we were really facilitators of watching and providing. So if a kid came up to you and said, I need three buckets of pink paint to paint the pirate ship, that was my kid. Um, One day she might need seven buckets. I need seven buckets of pink paint. Okay, here's your seven buckets of pink paint. Now I know everyone's thinking, why not just give her a bucket at a time? Because a bucket at a time tells her I have power over you. Giving her seven buckets and then she has to carry seven buckets or she's got to find friends to help her carry seven buckets. And then she goes and she paints the pirate ship and she realizes that she has three buckets left. And then she has to work with an adult to try to put that paint back in. Or if that paint got icky, then that paint needs to be thrown out. That is having power with and for a child, allowing them in their own time to see excess, to experience it without shame, to self-regulate. And I really feel like we need to do that with every single human being wherever we meet them, is to have power with and for people where they're at, instead of having power over them. So be gracious with yourself today. If you are hitting exit signs, if memories are coming back, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, I'll tell you, I I don't, it's not much more than a thought when I pass that Newcastle exit sign. It's just this five second silent movie of all that time period and everything that happened in there. You guys, there was, there was, I mean, so much. There was uh, betrayal. There was cheating. There was engagements. There was um, a, a really bad accident. There was just breaking up with my best friend, like, like my best friend and I just dissolving our friendship. Um, there were, you know, times that I got pulled over going to work. There were, I mean, just some of the most profound moments I had in my twenties were 
within the context of that that restaurant and that job and that time period and I don't think about it sitting here doing work but when I drive past that exit those people's faces come back and those stories come back and they are part of my journey I will be a villain in some of those people's journey for as long as I live, for as long as they live. And I acknowledge that. But to be this far out, to be in my my late 30s, 39, and look back, oh, belly, to look back and see that version of myself and not be ashamed, but feel so proud of how I've grown and that if those people would meet me today, they would have no, I mean, it's just a totally different person. Um, and all I hope for, for the people who were hurt by me is that really great people came into their lives. Um, but I admit that, you know, good people met me at bad times. I met good people at bad times. And it all kind of comes flooding back every time I pass that exit. This whole world of what was this cosmo universe of what could have been. And I'm so glad that everyone is where they're at. Um, People are in happy marriages, happy relationships. And I am happy. It's it's okay for the exit signs to hit. Don't be ashamed. Don't think that you haven't healed from it yet. All right, Rev, I will talk to you tomorrow. Um, I never like to start anything on a Monday because that's like Monday energy. So we got Tuesday energy up in here. Um, so today we are going to focus this next week on hydration. Um, as I hold a coffee cup full of coffee, but haha, I do have my water for those on the live video. Um, really focusing on hydration. I'm going to talk this week on the podcast about just what hydration does to the body, the brain, um, your ligaments, your joints, things like that. We're going to have a little bit of, you know, science introduction into this month because we are talking about neuropathways, trauma, dendrites, all the things. You guys have heard me say dendrites a few times. Um, I will happily do like a small little 10-minute podcast on dendrites. Um, And have a happy, happy Tuesday as I'm yawning. And it's only like 10 o'clock in the morning. It's 10.30. So tighten snoring. Um, And I hope you guys all have a wonderful day. We will end it here, Rev. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow.